May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be fully acceptable in your sight, Lord, our God and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, I nearly made a final faux pas there by tripping over the music stand, didn't I? That would have been a good, good finish to everything. Anyway, have you ever waited for something? Really waited. Waited for a really long time for something you were really excited about, something you really wanted, and you're maybe still waiting. I've waited for a very long time for this moment. In fact, I've waited about six years. When Ruth first came, my decision was I would stay for a year with Ruth and then I would move on to other things. But God had other plans and he kept me waiting year after year after year with some frustration but with some joy as well. But the moment has come that that waiting is over. God has called me on to other things. And sometimes when you wait for such a long time, it's really hard for something that maybe you almost miss as well. Because there are times when we have those callings, when we don't respond, we actually don't realise that that calling is there. Because perhaps our anticipation has led to impossible fantasies, so that the real thing almost slips under our radar. Or perhaps we've waited so long that our attention drifted just at the moment that we needed to be alert. Simeon was waiting to see the Messiah. We don't know how long he had been waiting, but I guess it was quite a long time. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit promised it would happen before he died, and we know he was an old man. His song sounds like the song of someone who had been waiting for an enormous amount of time. Someone who had been filled with anticipation and is now filled with long-awaited joy as he takes the infant Jesus into his arms and knows him to be the one he has been waiting for. It's a little amazing to me, actually, that Simeon recognised the Messiah in the baby Jesus at all. He must have seen lots of babies, 40 days old, tiny, wrinkly, squalling and puking, carried into the temple by insignificant but devout mothers and fathers. And was he even looking for the Messiah in a baby? Surely he was imagining something a little bit more exciting than that, a great teacher or a charismatic rebel. Surely he awoke many mornings more concerned about his aching joints than the long-awaited promise, and I'm sure most of us can relate to that. But it is, I think, a mark of true wisdom and discipline to not allow either our fantasies or our boredom to distract us from what God is actually doing and calling us to do and to be. I wonder how many of God's promises we don't see fulfilled simply because we aren't paying attention or because we don't have eyes and hearts like Simeon's prepared to see God at work in unexpected places. Or maybe we don't see it because we are more comfortable in the waiting than in uncertainty of what comes after. You are going into a period, perhaps, where you are uncertain 
uncertain about what the future holds, uncertain about what the vacancy will bring you, uncertain about who you will get next. But God already knows who you will have here to worship and to lead you to the next stage of this parish's ministry in this place. Be aware of that. Be comfortable in the waiting and in the uncertainty because God will make it okay in the end. Today is the old tradition of Candlemas. It is the day that really ends the Christmas season. Today is the day when everyone's nativity theme should be taken down, although I guess most of you have already done that. Because today is about halfway between Christmas and Good Friday. Halfway between Jesus' birth and Jesus' death. So today is kind of a pivot point for the year. The day when we turn, if you like, from cradle to cross, from birth to death. And Simeon's story contains that pivot. Holding the infant Messiah, Simeon knows his wait is over. God's promise to him has been fulfilled. He praises God and sings of light and glory. And then Simeon turns to Mary and the tone changes completely. This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel. And to be a sign that will be opposed to that, the inner thoughts of many will be revealed. And a sword will pierce your own soul too. I wonder if there wasn't a part of Simeon that would have preferred to just keep waiting, to hold on to the sense of hopeful anticipation rather than the perhaps more complicated emotions after the arrival of the Messiah. But following Jesus is not just about Christmas, not just light and joy and celebration. Today, we let Simeon turn us in the direction of the cross remembering that following Jesus it's also about sacrifice and faithfulness in the face of suffering. We all have to make sacrifices on our journeys with Christ. And perhaps this is why Candlemas is the day on which candles are blessed, marked as signs of the light of Christ in the world. We know we still have need of such signs to get us through the darkness ahead. Candlemas is, not coincidentally, also roughly halfway between the winter solstice and the spring equinox. It's the point at which we begin to turn from the cold and dark nights of winter towards the promise of spring. New beginnings, new openings, new life. Old wisdom tells us that the weather on Candlemas predicts the season to come. In American Canada, it's called Groundhog Day. Whatever you call it, today is the day when the end of winter is enough of a possibility that we can begin to anticipate spring, an experience that is perhaps less profound in this year's winter, but nonetheless. So in this seasonal pivotal day, we turn not simply from cradle to cross, but from cradle through cross to the empty tomb, already visible, albeit dimly, dimly, through the darkness still to come. Following Jesus is not just about Christmas, not just about Good Friday. Following Jesus is also about the hope and the freedom of Easter.
Holding all of that together in one piece can be very difficult, but perhaps we don't have to. A liturgical year offers us seasons in which one or the other piece takes primacy in our worship, and our own lives offer us seasons in which one or the other takes primacy in our faith and in our experience. Sometimes those match up with the liturgical year, sometimes they don't. In which case, our worship serves as a valuable reminder that what we are living is not the whole of God's story. But remembering that can be very difficult indeed. Simeon's song begins with a declaration of the end of his work, perhaps even his life. Lord, now let your servant go in peace. His task has been fulfilled. He has borne witness to the arrival of the infant Messiah, seen the salvation of the world. That season is over and a new season has begun. And for each of us, the same starts today. It started a few weeks ago when Ruth left. The beginning of a new season, the ending of the old. The season will end again when your new vicar comes amongst you and the new season will begin. A new start for all. But I wonder how Simeon felt when he woke up the day after meeting Jesus and seeing the truth of what his future would hold. I wonder if he woke up thinking, today might be the day. I think we all wake up sometimes thinking that when we're looking for guidance and direction from God. But God has his own plan in his own time. I imagine he lit a candle in the quiet of that winter morning and prayed that the light of the world would break through the darkness and reveal to him the continuation of God's promise. As I move from you to new things that as yet I have no knowledge of, but I'm taking the risk, I'm putting my hands fully in the hands of God because I know that it is in the hands of a God that promises, guides and fulfills. I know also that he will be present with each and every one of you as you travel together to the next stage of the journey for this place. Like Simeon and Anna, you wait in anticipation for the one whom God calls to minister with and amongst you. Whilst you wait, work together, pray together, love together, and support one another and continue to offer a place of peace and solace for those who need it. I will continue to pray for each and every one of you as you wait. It's not the time to make massive changes, but to continue God's work in this place and community. Whoever God sends will come with a vision set by God himself for the next stage of St. Paul and St. Stephen's journey. It's part of that journey. Ensure that you hold each other in steadfast love. And I want to echo what Ruth said. Support and pray for Heather. As she also goes on placement and seeks from God the calling for the next stage in her journey and her ministry. Pray for her, love her, support her and surround her with your compassion. And so as we come to the ending, I pray, let us pray together for each other as we all move forward, as we journey through the seasons of the year, 
and answer God's call and leading, not just in each of our lives, but in the life of this parish and this community. May God bless each and every one of you as you move forward and work together until you have a new priest who will worship and support you and be with you as you journey together. Amen. Thank you, Cynthia. So let's just remain seated and reflect on Cynthia's words to us for a moment or two. <laughs> 